Hello guys, welcome to this episode of our Pax First Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Isguera. For today, meron tayong uh, panibagong special guest that I'd like to introduce to you, Attorney uh, Chel Jokno. Uh, he's the chairman of the Free Legal Assistance Group at uh, kamakailan, nag-announce siya na muli siyang tatakbo sa pagkasinado. Kaya marami tayong itatanong sa kanya sa episode na to. Uh, marami salamat po, Attorney Chel, for joining us on this podcast again. Hello, Christian, at hello sa lahat ng uh, nanonood at magikinig. Okay. Pag-usapan po muna natin yung ano, no? So you tweeted that uh, you're going to run again for uh, for the Senate in 2022. You ran back in 2019, no? Kumusta naman po yung decision-making process? Naging mahirap ba na mag-decide ulit na tumakbo after experience in 2019? Siguro mas madali ng konti ngayon compared sa 2019. Kasi nung ako yung nag-desisyon ng 2019, talagang labas sa comfort zone ko yung pumasok sa larangan ng politika. Ngayon ay medyo natikman na natin kahit pa paano yung kung paano mangampanya. So it's a bit easier. And at the same time, I had more um, more preparation time, kumbaga. Hindi ba kayo na-trauma ng 2019? Uh, for someone like you na hindi talaga ma- maano sa politika, di ba? You, you have always been a human rights lawyer tapos sa academe, tapos bigla kayo sumabak sa politika. How was the experience to begin with? Hindi ba kayo na-trauma ng time na yan? Hindi. Actually, meron kasabihan, di ba, that there are some defeats that are victories in themselves. And the fact na nakakuha tayo ng 6.3 million votes was uh, really a, uh, an eye-opener for me because it made me realize that um, there is a chance. Noong 2019, no? Yes. Pero ngayon, what, what makes you so positive uh, that you would have better chances in 2022 and that pag sinuwerte at pag pinalad, makakapasok sa Magic 12? So much has changed since 2019. Uh, unang-una, in the political landscape, in 2019 ay midterm election yan. Kaya yung mga, mga mayor, mga vice mayor ay naturally, medyo reluctant silang salubungin kami ang mga opposition with open arms kasi alam nilang nakaupo pa ng tatlong taon yung mga nasa Malacanang. This time around, it's a term-ending election and all bets are off. So it's much easier, I think, for them to be more welcoming to the opposition. Second, um, in terms of the political landscape as well, I dumating yung pandemya at uh, talagang nagbago halos ang buhay nating lahat. Bumaliktad pa nga ang buhay natin eh. And that has really been an eye-opener for many people. Nakita, tingin ko nakita nila na napakahalaga talaga kung sino ang uh, mas nasa pwesto dahil mismo ang buhay nila ang maapekto. Uh, so mas third, mula- Okay, third. Yeah, third is that in terms of my own uh, preparations, You know, in 2019, halos wala akong network sa ground. Tapos hirap na hirap din kami sa sa air, sa air tinatawag na air war. Kasi at sobrang gastos nga ang uh, television ads. At, uh, pero ngayon, uh, dahil din sa pandemya, na halos lahat tayo, hindi man lahat, pero karamihan sa atin ay online na. We do everything online. We learn online, we shop online, we socialize online. It has kind of leveled the playing field a bit. Because uh, it's much easier for someone like me to go viral than without having to spend um, large amounts of money, not, nothing at all actually, um, compared to having to spend for television ads. Siyempre, darating din tayo dyan kasi pagdating sa kasagsagan na ng kampanya, ay 
that's going to be a necessity. We need to reach everyone, even those who don't have access to online. But at least for now, medyo mas level ang playing field. Pero kumusta po pala yung uh, sentiment ng family at ng mga closest friends nyo? Were they fully in support of your decision to run again? Or yung iba medyo nagkaroon ng agam-agam? Kasi masyadong madumi, masyadong madugo ang uh, kampanya kadalasan. Wala akong uh, na-encounter na any uh, na may agam-agam. Agam. Wala naman. Speaking of funding, uh, if I may ask, magkano po ba inabot yung ginastos nyo nung 2019. I, I know, kasi na-realize ko when I was monitoring the campaigns, based on my experience covering campaigns, malalaman mo kung sino may perang kandidato at sino wala. Kasi naubusan ng pisa. Especially toward the tail end. At kitang-kita yun in the case of Ocho Derecho. Pero in your case, magkano ba lumabas? I don't remember the exact amount, pero I can say that it's uh, really just a quarter of what we were allowed to to spend given the election laws. And I'm very happy to say na kahit na sabihin natin shoestring ang budget natin nun, ay maganda yung content, maganda yung naging messaging natin. Yun lang talagang kinapos pagdating sa television ads dahil isang ad pa lang ay eh, kalahating milyon na yan. No? Something like that ang amount niyan. Kaya doon talagang dehado-dehado kami. At saka habang lumalapit yung election, mas tumataas yung, yung presyo ng mga 30-seconder Yung mga one-minuter, kaya minsan napapaisip, dapat siyata mapaisip ang iba. No? Yung mga nag-a-ads na ngayon, maraming pera yung mga kandidato na yan. Yung mga napapadod tayo lately. Sana magkaroon ng pagbabago yan. Dapat hindi na sa kandidato magagaling yung bayad ng mga ads. There has to be a better way to do this. Because the the ads are really in favor of the candidates with a huge war chest. Mm-hmm. And that's not how an election set nga, di ba? Fair and free. But how can it be fair and free if those with money have a distinct advantage over those who don't. Dito, uh, kumusta naman yung support coming from, let's say, volunteers? Kasi you mentioned na iba yung situation in 2019, that was a midterm election, talagang well-entrenched si President Duterte, pero ngayon paalis na siya. Mas dumami ba yung volunteers ngayon? Mas marami ba expression of support for the opposition, uh, including yourself? Yes, I'm very happy to say that um, we've opened up our online sign-up sheet in June of this uh, year. And by now, we have uh, over 10,000 is what has been reported to me. This is just for my own uh, personal campaign. Uh, hindi ko alam ang numbers sa ibang mga kakandidato sa opposition. But when you say sign-up sheet, eto mga volunteers, 10,000 people? Yes. And iba-ibayan, uh, they come from different walks of life, different parts of the country. Na organized na namin sila by geographic areas and even by in terms of what they can do for for the campaign. Yung mga marunong halimbawa sa comms, kanyan, yung mga magagaling magsulat ay na-identify namin. Kaya ko nga sinasabi na mas preparado kami ngayon at uh, it's not like 2019 where we were we declared late and it was uh, everything was rushed. Okay. I've had much more time to really think about how to wage a campaign for 2022. Of course, yung official announcement ginawa niyo po a few days ago on Twitter. No? So talagang dikit dun sa strategy na social media. Pero yung decision itself to run again, uh, kailan nabuo yun sa inyo? <sighs> Medyo matagal na. Um, tingin ko kasi I, I had unfinished business in 2019. And this is something that 
I believe we need to really do as a nation. Kailangan maayos natin yung yung issue ng hustisya dito sa ating bansa. Of course, yung magiging um, how would that message will be communicated in 2022, I believe is going to be very different from 2019. Kasi alam naman natin lahat pag sinabi natin justice parang napaka-abstract na konsepto okay. yan. Pero kung tutusin naman kasi, ang, ang dami-dami mukha ng justice lalo na dito sa pandemya eh. Makatarungan halimbawa ba na hindi pa natatanggap ng ibang frontliner yung kanilang beneficyo? Makatarungan pa na maraming nagugutam at nawawala ng trabaho dito sa atin ngayon? Um, these are the faces of justice that I think have to be brought out in 2022. Mamaya masihimayin po natin yung uh, messaging nyo kasi that was very crucial ng 2019. Kasi marami nag-iisip na pag kinakampanya mo yung issue ng reform in the justice system. Parang sa maraming tao, hindi siya, sabi nyo, abstract, no? Sa iba naman, hindi siya sexy topic. Kumbaga, hindi siya agad tinapatulan, di ba? Especially on the campaign stage. Mamaya, himayin po natin yan. Pero, pero dun sa decision nyo to, to run, uh, did you also consider running for vice president in 2022? Kasi I remember, lumutang din yan uh, immediately after the 2019 elections dahil marami nang hinayang nung natalo kayo. You know, I'm very open to serve in whatever position the people think I can. Uh, hindi ko naman talaga pangarap halimbawa yung pamagiging pangulo ng Pilipinas. Uh, pero iba rin kasi ang, ang function ng Vice President pagdating sa Senado. Kaya lang nung, nung, na, pag, na, nung naisip ko na, na mas, mas malalim yung issue, sabi ko sa sarili ko, the real battlefield is going to be in the Senate because... Administrations come and go, but laws will remain in the books forever unless they are repealed or amended. At uh, ako mismo, ang dami kong nakita mga batas na dapat either maamendahan o maibasura pa natin. At meron din ako nakikita ang batas na dapat maisulong natin because the people need it. Uh, and so that's why for me, it's really the Senate that I'm looking you, you also You also didn't consider running for president? No. Talagang wala, wala sa isip ko yun. Meron bang mga nag-invite from the opposition before? Hindi, may mga nagsabi, may mga nag-explore ng mga iba't ibang mga uh, positions at pairings. Um, like I said earlier, I was open to being the vice presidency but really that's not been my target. Did you, did you get invited for a possible tandem kanwari with Vice President Len Robredo at kay yung vice president niya? You know, I would be very will- willing to do that. Uh, actually, matagal ko na rin sinasabi na yung Pangulo ko si VP Lenny. But there are also political considerations there. We're both from Luzon and we both, um, I think, have the same natural constituency. Mm-hmm. So it may not be a, a good political uh, strategy to follow. Kumbaga, walang value added in terms of the constituency yung isa sa isa. Tama, no? Yes. That's what you're talking about. Pero nagkaroon ba ng serious discussion regarding that? Robredo and Yokno? Wala naman sa pagkalam ko. At least na not involving me. <laughs> okay. May, may binanggit kayong very important. No? Sabi nyo kanina, administrations come and go, but yung legislation, they stick. No? Kasi batas yan eh. So very important na maintindihan ng mga nanonood sa atin yan. Pero I'd like to know your thoughts on the current composition of the Senate now. Especially with the victories that were registered in 2019. And as a whole, how, how do you see the Senate now under President Duterte? Well, 
let me just say looking forward, it, it will be a challenge for whoever wins in 2022 to work with those who won in 2019. But uh, for someone coming from the opposition, I think that that will be uh, something that um, is workable and doable. Yung, the Senate is, is, is very different from the House of Representatives because you're only dealing with 24 personalities. Mm-hmm. And that is going to require a lot of um, people skills, put it that way, and, and negotiation skills as well. That's, that's going to be a real big um, challenge for anyone who gets into the Senate. So, so do you think you can work with the likes of uh, Bato de la Rosa, Senator Bongo, yung mga talagang tao ni President Duterte dyan? Kasi magtinig na natin yung, yung stand nila sa mga issues. You're poles apart. You're strictly for human rights. Very passionate about it. Sila naman, syempre, they won't say that they're, they're also not for human rights. Pero yung mga pronouncements and actuations, basically in support of this blood drug war. You know, it's it's all it's always a question of being able to find common ground. But um, if there are situations where we cannot, then so be it. Uh, there are still other senators, naman, who I think may be open if ever uh, they would not be open to uh, working together. Okay, you're running under the Isambayan ticket, kamabuba. Actually, I cannot say that because walapan man announcement ang Isambayan. I I am being considered by Isang Bayan as one of those who may be put in the unity slate. But uh, I, I will have to wait until they, they make an announcement for me to know. I, I don't know really. Right now, I'm an independent. So, so wala pa talagang ticket na magdadala rin sa candidacy niya? Sa ngayon, ako isang independent at titingnan natin kung um, any kind of arrangements can be made with other political parties to be perhaps a guest candidate. Uh, malalaman pa natin yan siguro mga in the months to come. Okay. Yung ano, pag-usapan po natin yung mga issues that should define the 2022 campaign. So, for example, yun sa inyo, binanggit nyo kanina yung pandemic, di ba? Uh, ano sa tingin yung mga dapat talaga mag-define? Yung, ano, ano yung dapat yung maging takbo ng kampanya? Kasi marami naman talagang hindi tama tayo nakita over the past several years. Karamihan dyan systemic, karamihan dyan siguro born out of the current administration. Many of them, of course, was because of the current administration. So so during the campaign, ano dapat yung mag-define? Ano mga issues? Yung isa yung management of the pandemic and how to make sure we go into a new normal as quickly as possible. We, we have to do this because the economy is really suffering from all the lockdowns. Hindi, tingin ko, hindi na natin kaya na yun ang magiging solusyon palagi. Uh, the issues that are, we are facing have to do with issues of unemployment, especially among the youth. Parang triple, triple yata ang youth unemployment compared to the national average. We have to do something about that. At yun ay nakakabit naman sa ating MSMEs because our MSMEs employ about 64% of the workforce. Sila yung grabe ang tama dahil dito sa mga lockdown at sila yung talagang humihingi na nangailangan ng suporta sa pamahalaan na sa pagkaalam ko ay hindi nila panatatanggap. They haven't felt that support. We need to find ways to provide them, for example, with low interest or interest-free loans and as well with some kind of tax uh, breaks, if possible, so that they can get back on their feet. If mm-hmm. we cannot help the MSMEs, they cannot then employ the workforce 
at uh, buhay ng marami ang talagang natatamahan yan. Mm-hmm. The other issue, tingin ko, we have to go back to face-to-face schooling as soon as it is safe. Because we are losing so much in terms of education from online. Uh, unang-una, hindi naman lahat ay may access sa online learning, access sa electronic device at sa Wi-Fi. But uh, I don't believe it's a viable solution uh, to the issue of, of the pandemic. The only, but however, I must say that the only way we can go back to face-to-face is kung mapataas na natin yung ating vaccination rate, which um, by my last check was only in the area of what, 15-16% if I'm not mistaken. Kailangan umabot tayo ng mga 60-70% so that we can be sure that our children are safe if they go back to face-to-face. We need to do that not only for them but for the future of our country. So yun, yun yung ilan na mga issue na tingin ko will define the campaign. Nandiyan din syempre yung, yung health services ng ating pamahalaan. How can we ensure that the services will reach ordinary voters, ordinary Filipinos who will really need it the most? And how can we be sure that the funds allocated to the Department of Health and PhilHealth, for example, are properly used by those uh, agencies? Hmm. How about yung justice? Kasi that's a very important issue, especially in the context of human rights. Pero hindi ba kaya nahihirapan i-communicate siya noong 2019? Ano yung mga tweaks na sa tingin niyo pwedeng gawin para mas maintindihan, mas maipaliwanag sa mga butante na itong issue na to, this has to be front and center because this, this concerns each and every Filipino. Actually, yung issue ng justice kasi ang nagiging problema dyan, yung mismong salitang katarungan. Kasi parang, wow, bigat naman ng dating ng salita na yon. But it can be couched in so many ways. Yung mismong example lang halimbawa, yung issue ng ayuda, yung issue ng uh, benefits ng frontliners natin, yung issue ng uh, pagbabalik sa eskwalahan, may element paragi yan ng uh, tama ba yun, wasto ba yun, yun ba ay makatao. At ang tingin ko, mas kailangan doon ang approach kesa sa Uh, gagamitin natin yung ganong klaseng mga abstract na terminology or language. May, may slogan na ba kayong ngayon na uh, magagamit for uh, the 2022 election? It's uh, in process. Uh, we're not uh, yet finalized. Hindi pa finalized. Kaya ayoko pang i-jump na gan. Ah, pero definitely lalabas siya. Kailan, kailan nyo itataon yan? After the filing? Uh, around that time, malamang. Yes. Pero meron na kayong team. Ah, uh, Buo na yung campaign team nyo? And an- anong composition yan? Puro kabataan ba? I have a, a team. Intact pa rin yung team ko noong 2019, pretty much. And then nadagdagan pa siya. Kaya ako ay mas confident ngayon kasi pati ang aming ground network, medyo napalawak na namin. At um, meron din ako mga quote-unquote advisors na galing sa kabataan at sa iba't ibang mga sektor. I, I really believe that to come up with a good platform, we need to listen to everybody, especially those directly affected. Yeah, I have invited um, these people I respect from, from different age brackets and sectors to join me in, in really forming a solid platform. Yung, ano po, yung, yung campaign team nyo, is that predominantly composed of uh, the youth? Ano yung average age ng ano, mga tumutulong sa inyo? I would say yes. Uh, it, If you define the youth from the age of 18 to 39, which is the general definition, I think, uh, palagay ko, 
they, yeah, that would probably be the average. Ilan ang count just offhand ang nabibilang ko lang na tenders tulad ko ay wala pa yatang lima. <laughs> Mga ganun. <laughs> Sige, pag-usapan po natin yung, yung youth. Kasi napapansin namin lately, talagang ano, no, yung medyo pumapatok yung mga, yung mga binibitawan yung salita, yung mga memes mabenta. No? At you're also on TikTok. Yes. Unang-una, kumusta yung adjustment nyo for, for someone like you? Kasi before you you participated in the 2019 campaign, ang impression ng marami sa'yo, very serious human rights teacher, dean sa law school. Paano yung adjustment sa ginawa nyo para pumasok sa mga ganyan mga platform? Sabi pa nga ng iba, masungit daw ako nun eh. Pero actually, hindi... Akala na... ko rin dati masungit kayo. First time ko kayo ma-interview sa ANC. <laughs> Sabi ko, medyo matipid sumagot to ah. Hindi, <laughs> ganun lang ako. Kasi background ko yan eh. You know, law professor, educator ka, trial litigator ka. Uh, yun talaga yung... yung Doon ako nanggagaling. But I also realized the need to show the different uh, aspects of my personality. And hindi lang naman ako one monotone. Ano. Uh, meron din ako sense of humor, meron din ako mga iba't ibang mga expressions. And that it, it took a while for me to be comfortable, especially in front of the camera. Kasi ang kasanayan ko noon, kung nasa harap man ako ng publiko, lecture yan, you know, serious lecture, legal matters, ganun. yun ang yun ang alam ko noon. Oh. Yeah, these last two years have really been a, an education and since 2019. But you know, I will tell you that hindi, hindi tumigil yung invitation sa akin even after the last elections. Yeah, on a, on a regular basis, I, I speak to, I engage with so many different sectors uh, almost every day. At ang karamihan ng mga nag invite sa akin ay mga kabataan. So student organizations, youth organizations, mula Luzon, besides Mindanao, nakakatanggap ako ng panyaya galing sa kanila. Bumalik ba kayo sa academy after 2019 or hindi na? Yes, pero hindi na ako din. Ako ay ano na lang, law professor na lang. Bumalik sa pagtuturo, no? Mm-hmm. Pero dito sa ano, yung paggamit ng mga bagong platforms na talagang very attractive and palatable to the youth. Hindi ba kayo nahirapan? For example, kaya niyo mag-TikTok mag-isa ngayon? Ay, aba, sinushoot ko sa sarili ko, ah. <laughs> ah, course, you do that yourself? Yes, of course, sa editing, wala na akong, ano dyan, I'm not, wala akong alam sa technology pagdating sa editing. But the actual recording of my my TikToks is, I have a tripod here where I'm sitting. I have a tripod and uh, <laughs> the equipment I need. It's it's really been an adjustment. It, I look at it as a challenge. Parang uh, exciting, excited din ako kasi it's it's something so different from what I know. Sino nagi sino nagi edit after magshoot kayo? Ah, uh, meron kami may team. There's a team that uh, my son Pepe, I, I guess you know, is a film director. Yeah, a film director. So very much involved sa campaign nyo yun. Yes, so yes. Napanagay isang video niyo yung nagtuturo kayo on how to cook col- coli rice, cauliflower rice. <laughs> Actually, gagayain ko siya one of these days eh. <laughs> Madali pala. Yun, papanong, papanong kinunan yun? Sa bahay po ba yan? Mm. You know, I, I've been in this uh, sort of, I, I challenged myself uh, health-wise kasi I was getting really heavy. So I decided to really go on a lifestyle change and I'm happy to say that I've lost like... Uh, 
15, 17 pounds in the last uh, several months. Kaya oh. it's um, very nice. Alam ko, alam mo yung sako rin feeling kasi ng 2019. Uh, napapagod ako kasi alam mo yung campaign trail, di ba? Yung, kaya I decided I, I need to be more physically fit for 2022. If I may ask, ilan taon na po ba kayo ngayon? I am 60. Senior na ako ngayon. Batang bata pa. 60. Yes. Tapos 60. And I think isa sa mga revelations during the campaign on 2019, yung you were into martial arts pala. Well, you know, I I have a black belt in Aikido which I uh, was given um I studied it uh, studiously really for around eight or nine years when I came back from the States. So that must have been mga late 80s until the, sometime in the 90s or mid-90s. Hmm. And it's uh, it's different from the usual discipline na martial art kasi hindi naman siya yung violent type. The, the basic philosophy of Aikido is you, you, you are able to neutralize somebody, uh, an attacker, peacefully. In other words, without hurting them. So that's uh-huh. the basis of what we learned. You can also break bones and stuff like that, pero hindi yun ang tinuturo sa amin. Okay. Kasama rin po ba dyan yung, ano, yung using the strength of your opponent against him, but peacefully? Tama ba? Exactly. You use their force, their strength, um, and use it against them, basically. Kasi naalala ko po nung high school ako, sa San Beda, uso-uso yung Aikido na yan. Eh. And then I had classmates who were into Aikido. Tapos nung college, sa USC na ako nun, may isa akong classmate from San Beda na magaling mag-Aikido. Nagamit niya eh. Medyo <laughs> na-twist niya yung arm ng isang kaklase namin. <laughs> Sabi ko, totoo pala yung Aikido na yan. <laughs> so, ganun. Pero itong mga bagay na to, uh, ano siya, that, that's a conscious effort to, to introduce you better to, to, to the people. Well, I, I think they, they deserve to know more about me and uh, it, it, I think, makes, it makes me more of a person. And then, uh, that they can connect with. Hmm. Kumusta naman yung, ano, yung optimism nyo rin sa youth vote? Kasi marami nagsasabi na technically wala naman talagang youth vote in the Philippines if you base the results on previous election cycles. Yung hindi naman talaga buumbo yung boto ng youth. Pero very promising sa maraming tao yung the fact na mas marami nagpaparehistro ngayon and in fact, di ba, na-exceed na ng COMELEC yung target nila of new registrants at marami rin kabataan mas lumaki yung population nila. So, so dito, how optimistic are you that uh, somehow the old ways of uh, doing things, of electing politicians, yung going into trouble politics, kahit pa paano mas mababawasan, mas mamiminimize, kasi mas mulat siguro yung, yung karamihan sa mga baboto ngayon? Well, first of all, in terms of our population, we are really a young country. Our median age is something like 24.3, if I'm not mistaken. And that also translates into a younger voting population. Kaya yung, yung mga electorate natin, yung mga botante natin, ay pabata ng pabata. Uh, that probably will do will be a good, a good thing for progressive and opposition candidates because the tendency of the young really is to connect with that, that kind of candidate. Now, of course, whether that will translate into real votes, we will have to wait and see until 2022. Pero tingin ko, some political analysts will be surprised I believe, by what will happen in 2022. Just as some were surprised by what happened in the U.S. with the, um, the election of Joe Biden, 
uh, where there were also a lot of youth who got involved. And the fact that um, in my case, for example, we have so many volunteers and many of them are young people, to me, it's also a good sign. Good sign that? It's a good, it, it, uh, it, it makes me very optimistic about what will happen in 2022. I didn't feel that energy or that vibe um, in 2019 as much as I'm feeling it now. And we're only in the end of September. Okay. Actually, hindi kayong first time na nadinggang ko ng ganyang observation. At talagang may nararamdaman rin vibe na kahit pa paano, mayroong optimism, may energy, especially from the youth. Yung, yung ano, I remember nung una ko yung na-interview uh, during the 2019 campaign, napag-usapan natin yung, uh, yung appeal nyo sa youth. Paano kayo nag-reach out? I, I mean, how did you do that? Kasi I remember one of the descriptions uh, of you at that time was, you were a walk lolo, no? And then later on, you made a play doon sa, sa pangalan nyo, no? Chell lang tayo. Nakikita natin yan yun sa social media. I mean, how did you do it? Yung... yung, yung connecting with, with the younger generation? You know, it, that just came about, uh, that just, ano yan, organic yun. That was sport, spontaneous. I, I first began to hear of the term woke lolo online and immediately I asked my daughter, Ines, ano bang ibig sabihin yan? I really had no idea what it meant. And when she explained it to me and she said, you know, yung parang progresibo ka, medyo mulat, maganda mga views mo in terms of how the youth look at you. And I, then I realized, okay, then that means that they uh, connect with, with what I say. And of course, meron din naman negative side daw yung woke, yung parang uh, the, uh, the dark side of it. But from the way I understood it, um, they were connecting me more with the positive okay. side. Kasi kasama yata rin sa kultura na yun, yung cancel culture. Yes. Kung merong hindi nagawan tama ang social media, boycott agad, kahit mag-apologize sincerely yung tao involved. So, and then, alam mo, Christian, sunod-sunod kasi yung mga invites sa akin ng mga youth organizations. And it's become a, a very regular thing. I, I have not stopped engaging with them since 2019. Mm-hmm. And I get invites all the way from young people from Zamboanga, from all over the country that um, just, just the other day I spoke before some senior high school students from Davao City. And I'm, I myself am surprised that um, where the invites come from. Okay. Ito related dito sa engagement on social media. Kasi syempre, you have your share of supporters at the same time, maraming bashers yan. Ang, ang unang-una, yun sa mga social media accounts nyo, do you personally handle them? I cannot handle everything all on my own, but I, I am personally involved in all of my my accounts. Um, so, so nababasa niyo yung mga comments? Yeah, pero hindi ko talaga pinapansin yun. <laughs> <laughs> kung pinansin ko yun, edi, baka kung, it, you know, nakakabigat yung mga ganun. And, and I know where they're coming from. So it's just a question of ignoring it. Ano yung mga, some of the worst comments or criticisms that you've received online? Yung mga nabasa nyo talaga. Yung, yung kahit pa paano, medyo nagpataas sa blood pressure nyo. <laughs> they attack my physical attributes, my teeth, kung ano-ano pa, yung gilagid daw, uh, mga, ang dami nyo nang sinasabi. It's, but you know, it's, for, from being a trial lawyer for so many years, mayroon akong natutuwes sa uh, mga magaling at veteranong trial lawyer. Bawal, bawal ang pikon 
Yeah, for me, that's part of the territory. You decided to run for a political position. That counts. That goes with it. So, so never kay na pikon sa mga ganong comments. Hindi ka nabi napansin. Ah, eh, yung ano? I, I remember, galang mismo ni President Duterte yan, di ba? He, he, he criticized your teeth. Diba yung, yeah. yung, yung front teeth? And I remember, he insulted you also. Sinasabi, pinupuro yung tatay nyo, pero kayo nililibak. Ah, wala yan. Hindi yan, hindi yan ano, katulad ng tatay niya. Yung ganun, hindi ba kayo na-insulto nung panahon na yun? Using the, the, the pulpit of the national, med- uh, national television? President Duterte criticizing you, devoting a significant amount of time to pounce on you? You know, I've always believed that insulting someone degrades the person who makes the insult rather than the one who is the, the subject of the insult. And it's it's really unbecoming of a president to act that way. But that's his choice and he will live with it. There, He will have his own day of reckoning. I, I know that. And uh, let it come and let him uh, take the consequences of it. Okay. Y- yung ganyan, I remember yung criticism ginamit din before kay Senator Nancy Binay when she was running for the Senate. Diba yung kulay naman niya iniinsulto? But she was able to use that to her advantage. May mga nakikita ko sa inyo ngayon ng social media. Yung insulto na ginamit sa inyo ni Presidente, yung ngipin, actually, na ano siya eh, na, na, na segue into something positive. Uh, is that also part of the you know, strategy? Well, maybe it's part of my background in Aikido to use their uh, attack against them. Kasi nga naman, bagay na bagay yun eh. Nung sinabi niyang ipin, eh, de, kailangan talaga naman ng ipin ng ating batas, di ba? So, <laughs> this is, um, it's tit for tat. And that's my my way of responding to that kind of um, insult. Ah, so, so kayo mismo naisip niya na ano, to, to, to make use of that. Kahit pa paano take advantage of that. Yeah. Ah, okay. Sige, pag-usapan naman natin ano attorney Chell yung ano, yung yung current uh, lay of the land. Uh una-una, marami naghihintay kay Vice President Leonardo Robredo to make her decision. Uh ano bang tingin niyo rito? Ang uh, may mga nagsasabi na she has no other choice but to run for president even if that would come at the cost of not uniting the opposition. Well, I I myself am waiting for her decision and I myself am really hoping that that she will um, make a positive announcement. But, you know, I, I, I really respect Vice President Lenny Robredo so much, and I, I will definitely abide by whatever decision she makes. Mahirap talaga yung, yung situation niya. I, I, no one else can, can make that decision for her. And let's wait and see what will happen. She has the country's best interest in mind, and... That's one thing that really makes me admire her. That uh, walang wala sa kanya yung personal na interest, personal na ambition. Ang gusto lang niyang mangyari ay maayos yung buhay ng lahat. Pero posible pa ba mapag-isa yung opposition at this stage? For example, si Mayor Isko Moreno nag-declare na, Senator Manny Pacquiao, although nakikipag-usap pa sa isang bayan, nag-declare na rin. Meron ang tinglakso na formally nag-declare. Uh, given these developments, sa tingin nyo, realistic pa ba na mapag-isa yung opposition forces with a singular goal of preventing a victory of whoever President Duterte would be fielding? You know, the, the term opposition is a very malleable word. And 
there's so many different ways we can define it. And it really depends on how we define that word uh, before we can answer that type of question. Now, ultimately, it's going to be a question of are the people going to back? Who are the people going to back? And that is a question that will unfold as we go through the campaign. We First thing we need to know, probably we will know only by October 8th, is who's going to run for what position. <laughs> the next question is, how are we going to support those whom we believe should, should be you know, should be elected. And I, I do hope that the Isang Bayan, the unity slate and, and the whole concept of Isang Bayan of, of really having one slate that everyone will support uh, will happen, but we don't know yet. We'll have to see because that announcement is also going to come, I believe, within the next week or two. Okay. Kayo naman po, you made it clear na you would uh, support Vice President Lenny Robredo if she runs for president, di ba? Yes. Kaliwanag po yun. Siya ang presidente yes. niyo. Pero dun sa mga currently nag-declare at present, uh, I'd like to get your thoughts. Dun naman sa possibility na kunwari sila yung maging presidente. Anong tingin niya rito kay Senator Ping Lacson as president kung sakali? You know, I, I'd rather not um, make any specific comments on any of these uh, other aspirants because I, I really do want to respect the process of isang bayan. And let's see what uh, they will say. Um, saka na lang natin pag-usapan yan, Christian. Uh, actually, tinatanong ko sila not as part of the process of isang bayan. I mean, yung idea of them getting elected uh, uh, as president. For example, di ba merong lumutang na Isko Moreno because he declared already. I mean, what do you think of the kind of presidency that, sh- that, that might be in store for us kung sakaling siya naman ang manalo? Uh, let me just say that each of these candidates have their own advantages and disadvantages. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the public is aware of my own uh, concerns, for example, when it comes to human rights in terms of the record of um, Ping Lakson. Uh, there may be concerns as well with uh, other candidates, but uh, let's, let's see first what will happen in so far as the Sangbayan announcement is made. Because I don't want to throw any kind of um, okay. you know, issues there before yeah. that. Pero as far as your candidate is concerned, again, hindi pa naman siya nagde-decide talaga, um, ano sa tingin niya advantage ni Vice President Len Robedo doon sa mga ibang nag-declare na? She's a, a real true-blooded servant leader. She knows how to run a government. She can, kahit anong budget pa ibigay mo sa kanya, she can deliver and maximize it. Wala kang issue sa kanyang integridad. Sisiguro, makakasiguro tayo na lahat ng gagawin niya ay transparent at uh, talagang para sa bahay, bayan. There's no question that she loves our country and there's no question that she has the capabilities to serve in the highest position of, of the land. But how about the concern? Ito rin mismo sinabi ni Vice President the last time I interviewed her, although more than a month ago na yata yan, ang concern niya is kung tumakbo ba siya, yun ba yung tamang desisyon dun sa konteksto ng goal na mapigilan ang panalo ng isang bongbong or another Duterte. That's why, di ba sabi niya, she's willing to give way kung sino man yung mapipili ng opposition na kandidato at mas may better chance of doing that. So basically, ang issue rin yung ability to win. Uh, an- ano bang, ano bang naiisip niya dun sa issue na yun? Kaya ba niyang manalo? 
Well, kaya nga ako humahanga sa kanya dahil she would be willing even to give up her own uh, uh, candidacy just for the sake of making sure that the country will be in good hands or better hands in, in 2022. Now, ako, ko, she's in the best position to assess her own winability. Eh. She has the, the experience, matagal na rin siya nasa politika, alam niya, she has her ear to the ground. And I would really respect her decision when it comes to that. Okay. Medyo malapit na po tayo matapos, Attorney Chell. Ha? Alam ko, busy-busy kayo. Gusto ko lang malaman din yung opinion niyo rito sa recent statement by President Duterte. Sabi niya, he would use military force to make sure that the 20, 2022 elections would be peaceful. Medyo, correct me if I'm wrong, ha? pero this came out of the blue. Meron bang, <laughs> I don't remember anyone warning of a violent elections at this stage. Pero biglang may sinabing ganito. Anong basa niyo rito? Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, Ganaman uh, kung minsan ay kung ano-ano namalabas na bibig ng Pangulo. At uh, tingin ko lang, I, mean, I, I really don't know where he's coming from when he says that. Because there's been no indication that there will be any kind of disorderly elections. Mapapansin niyo pa nga ay ang dami-dami pang may gustong magrehistro, pila-pila pa rin yung mga registration center natin. Ibig sabihin, gusto talaga ng taong bayan makilahok sa dalating na halalan. At sana sino, sino man, uh, pati siya, ay igalang niya yan. Okay. Si, si President Duterte naman, formally, he, had, he accepted the nomination of PDP Laban for Vice President. What, what do you think of this? At saka, they also believe na talagang hindi natatakbo Sara Duterte, based on her last pronouncement, that she would only seek re-election uh, as mayor? My own personal opinion is that it is unconstitutional for the pre- as a sitting president to become the vice president in the next uh, term. Because it's an indirect way of doing what he's clearly prohibited from doing directly. Kung siya nga ay manalo sa pagka vice-presidente tapos may mangyari o mag-resign yung Pangulo or for some reason ay ma-incapacitate siya o di magiging Pangulo ulit si Duterte and that is totally clearly against the intention of the Constitution. Now, of course, ultimately, if ever that happens, that uh, it's the Supreme Court that will decide that issue and I cannot put myself in the shoes of the court in terms of how they will, what result will come out. Yung naman kay Sara, ay tingnan natin, ako, alam mo naman, di ba, nangyari dati, eh, madali naman palitan ng isip niya. Okay. Sige, finally, I'll give you this opportunity to, to talk to our viewers and listeners. Uh, ano ba yung mga, perhaps, gusto ipaalala, gusto sabihin sa kanila? Well, um, unang-una, salamat Christian sa pagkakataon. At sa tingin ko, Maganda itong darating na halalan sa 2022. Dahil ito ay hindi lang naman pagpipili ng political personality. This is a question of what kind of leader do we think our country needs to bring us out of the pandemic and into a new normal. Ako ay uh, talagang excited sa mangyayari at uh, I hope everyone has registered and please make sure you participate by voting in 2022. Tingin ko... Ang nakataya na dito ay mismo kinabukasan natin. Kaya sana ang pipiliin natin na kandidato yung may track record, yung may integridad, yung may plataforma at pinakamahalaga sa akin yung talagang nagmamahal sa inang bayan. Thank okay. you. Maraming maraming salamat po, Attorney Chel Jokno, for joining us on this podcast. Maraming salamat po. Thank you, Chris.
That's it for this episode of our Facts First Podcast. Ako pa rin ang inyong host, si Christian Esguera. You can listen to this episode on uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. You can also watch the uh, video on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. Maraming salamat po.